Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. You want to say you're welcome? You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the history of everything sex. <laughs> I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. And today we're going to explore the history of Playboy magazine Ooh. and its founder, Hugh Hefner. Ah, oh, Hugh. Ah, oh, Hugh. Ah, oh, the Hef. So, Hugh has been in the news a lot since his death in 2017 at age 91, mm-hmm. as several former Playboy bunnies are coming out with some very serious accusations of rape and mistreatment by him mm-hmm. in the new docuseries, Secrets of Playboy, which was apparently out recently. I did not see it, but apparently there was a lot of um, accusations. Yeah, made. yeah. So... While we in no way want to dismiss these women's stories or condone any type of sexual abuse, our episode is going to focus more on the magazine, how it came to be, and how it was a key component of the sexual revolution. Mm. And then, and then we'll finish by testing Terry's knowledge of Playboy Playmates. All right. Yay. Okay. So to begin our history lesson, we have to go back to April 9th, nineteen twenty-six. Hmm. When Hugh Marston Hefner was born in Chicago, Illinois, to parents Glenn, an accountant, and Grace, a teacher, Hefner. Do you think they're like, did you hear that Glenn and Grace's son has now opened up a, a nudie magazine? I'm sure that's exactly That's probably what they, what they were like. They're yeah. probably like, Glenn and Grace's boy? Yeah. Oh, I always knew it. They'll be like, oh my gosh, I know who he is because his mom was my teacher in the third grade. Yeah, and his yeah. dad was my accountant. mom's accountant. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Everybody's like, I know him. Yeah. So, three years later, a second son, Keith, joined the family. And in the Hefner household, there was no drinking and absolutely no talk of sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. His parents were Methodist. But Hef described them as Puritans and Prohibitionists who never showed any affection to each other or to their sons. Well, you know what? That's where I think they're probably like, did you hear about Grace and Glenn's boy? (laughs) What? Did they Yeah, gee whiz. (laughs) Or they're like, I told you. Yep. (laughs) Hef, as he prefers to be called, knew he loved the printed news at an early age. At age nine, he printed a neighborhood newspaper, which he sold for a penny an issue. And in middle school, he started reading Esquire magazine, which is a magazine made for men, which started in 1933 and featured drawings of petty girls and Vargas girls, which were sexy chicks in lingerie. Oh, okay. Right. So, did he like those magazines because of those drawings, or did he just... just, Well, it kind of sounds like he just liked... Magazines and newspapers anyways, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he liked all of the above. Mm-hmm. I so, didn't know Esquire magazine was that old. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in high school, to no one's surprise, Hef founded the Steinmetz High School newspaper, and he also began a comic book that he titled School Days, D-A-Z-E, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, which was to become a lifelong autobiography slash scrapbook. Oh. In fact... 
he was recognized by Guinness as having the largest personal scrapbook in 2010. Oh. Because he kept that going right on through high school. That's really interesting. That's an interesting little tidbit. Right. In 1944, at age 18, Heff joined the Army, and for two years he was infantry clerk and writer and cartoonist for military newspapers. Okay. At one point, his colleague, High H-Y, High Iceman, Mm-hmm. who went on to take over the Popeye comic strips, mm-hmm. told Hef that he needed to find a new illustrator because Hef sucked as a cartoonist. Okay. So, a little, little extra yeah. tidbit there, too. Um, after his two-year stint in the Army, Hef returned to Illinois. He attended the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where he drew cartoons, presumably bad ones, uh-huh. for the school newspaper. He and, thought he'd get better. I know, right? He's yeah. Like, uh, maybe you didn't like these, but I think they're pretty good. Right. And he edited the campus humor magazine called Shaft. I don't know why. It's <laughs> I yeah. Uh, I, I mean. Right. Yeah. Hef also was the brain behind the co-ed of the month feature in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With a genius IQ of 152, he graduated with a BA in psychology and a double minor in creative writing and art on an accelerated track. Okay. After graduation, Hef was hired on at Esquire magazine, which was then based in Chicago. He was the copywriter of promotional materials. Mm-hmm. Around that time, he also married Mildred Williams, who had been who he had been dating since high school. They married on June twenty fifth, nineteen forty nine. Hef, maybe a surprise to you, maybe not. I don't know. Had saved himself for marriage. Uh. I'm a little surprised by that. Right. But, yeah. and he was gone for two years. Right. You would think, you know, with your army buddies, they're all like, hoo, 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 you know. Yeah, know. right, right, right. Somehow you would get laid at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out Mildred did not wait. Oh. Yeah, so she had given her virginity to um, another guy while Hef was away in the army. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. When she admitted this to him, Hugh Hefner said that it was the single most devastating moment in his whole life. Really? Yeah. Huh. So due to her feelings of guilt, Mildred basically gave her husband a free pass to sleep with other women, which he did. Mm -hmm. And rumor has it that he often took part in group sex and wild games of strip poker. Okay. He took that hall pass and ran. Right. (laughs) Right. She's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, wait. (laughs) I thought it was tit for tat. I thought, yeah. Tits and tits and tits and tits for tat. I mean, come on. So... So meanwhile, in 1952, just a year after he was hired, Hef left Esquire after they refused his request of a $5 per week raise. Wow. Right. He's like, fuck you, you ain't my mom. He's like, I'm about to have a mansion. Got me all kinds of fucked up, you think I'm working for this? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bag of beans. (laughs) So in order to raise the funds to start his own magazine, Hef put his furniture up for collateral to get a loan, and he raised $8,000 from investors, including $1,000 from his mom. Huh, that's weird. I know. I'm like, does she know what he was doing? You know, she, he had to have just asked for some money. Yeah, I got this idea, Mom. Can you give me $1,000? Yeah. She's like, sure, son. So he and his buddy, Eldon Sellis, designed and launched the new magazine from Hef's Kitchen. After considering the names Stag Party, Top Hat, Gentleman, Sir, Pan, and Bachelor, they settled on Playboy. I think they made a good choice. I do too. I don't know that. I don't know that any of those 
would have fit. I'm kind of liking Sir. <laughs> but Playboy is much more playful. Is it right? Is it called? Is it called Sir? Oh, <laughs> you know when someone says Sir, I think Sir. Oh, like you're saluting them. No, no, like, like you're oh, yeah. reprimanding your dog. Gotcha. Sir, do not touch that. Oh yeah. Or whoever. Do I mean like I was thinking along yeah. that? I'm glad sounds, it was Playboy. I think Playboy was the right way to go. Yeah. So well, I'm sure he would appreciate our. Um, acceptance of his of yes his you mm-hmm. uh, I would say rest in peace but you know mm-hmm. uh, so the first issue did not have a date on it partly because Hugh and Eldon had little hope that there would be a second issue and partly because they wanted to be able to sell the first issue for as long as they needed to to get their money back so they're like I don't want to say it's December of 1952 because we might still be selling this one in March of 93. Right, right. Yeah. While Marilyn Monroe was on the cover, and a nude Marilyn Monroe was seen posing on the pages, she actually never posed for Playboy. Oh. She, mm-hmm, Marilyn had posed for a photographer for $50 when she was broke. And Hef bought the photos from the photographer for $500 Jeez. to use in his first issue of Playboy. Did he ask Marilyn if she minded? No, he did not. Aww. Mm-hmm. When the magazine launched in December 1953, selling for 50 cents per issue, it became quite successful relatively quickly. Okay, so you've got Marilyn Monroe, who's already, she's big. Uh, She's getting there. She's getting big. Yeah. Okay. Not really well known yet. Okay. Because I'm like, is this this like the first scandal? I don't think so. Okay. And it does, I, one place I read said that later on they did become friends. Okay. So I'm assuming that. She wasn't too mad about it. She wasn't too mad about it. Yeah. Um, The second issue had the now well-known Playboy Bunny logo and contained a story called The Crooked Man by Charles Beaumont, which advocated for gay rights. Oh. This would become a common theme in the magazine. So there are a few different stories on how the bunny came to be the central character for Playboy. One story says it was due to a childhood blanket of Hughes that was decorated with cute bunnies on it. I don't know about that. Mm, I like that. Yeah. A more believable story says that Hef hung out during college at Bunny's Tavern, a bar where the wait staff, all women, dressed as bunnies. Mm-hmm. More believable still is that Hef chose bunny rabbits because they're known to have lots of sex. Okay. So, it's probably a combination. Combination of, of yeah. those things, yeah. So, fun fact number one. There's a bunny on every cover of Playboy, and it's usually kind of hidden. Hidden. Yes, I do know that. Okay. I would, like, when I would come across a Playboy magazine, once I found that out, that was, like, my job was right. to find that that bunny. <laughs> I am yeah. not hiding this I am not. I found it. Yes, yep. <laughs> and then fun fact number two is that in Florida, in the Florida Keys, there's a subspecies of rabbits named after Hugh Hefner. Huh. Their scientific name is... Silvilicus Palustius Hefneri. There you go. There Palustius. You have it. That's, that's pretty good. Sure. So, in the first year, Playboy sold 200,000 copies. Within five years, there were over a million copies sold each year. And Playboy employed two cartoon illustrators Jules Pfeiffer, a Pulitzer Prize winning sat- satirist. Mm hmm. And Shel Silverstein. Oh, I know, right? I had no. Now the the art makes sense, but I would have never. 
I didn't know that about Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Who, and for those who don't know, is the one who wrote and illustrated Where the Sidewalk Ends mm-hmm. and The Giving Tree and A Light in the Attic. He's a well-known very well-known children's, children's author. poet yeah. and, and poet yep right so in 1959 Heff divorced Mildred with whom he'd had two kids Christy and David he bought the first Playboy Mansion which was actually in Chicago the front door warned visitors if you don't swing don't ring <laughs> okay uh, that year he also debuted a short-lived TV show called Playboy's Penthouse which is kind of ironic that is kind of weird yeah mm-hmm. The show was staged to appear as if it took place at Hef's mansion, and there were Playboy bunnies everywhere, and it just looked like a fun party. Uh-huh. And Hef would interview celebrities such as Ella Fitzgerald, Bob Newhart, Tony Bennett, and Sammy Davis Jr. I'm picturing like uh, Benny Hill. Oh god. You know, like just like the like people dancing around and the the music. And, yeah. Yeah. Just having a good time, yeah. and then he's just sitting there interviewing somebody. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Maybe it's a Saturday Night Live type thing. Maybe. So by 1960, Playboy magazine had over a million subscribers. That year, the first Playboy Club opened in Chicago. In the late 60s, Hef bought a private jet, which he named the Big Bunny. (laughs) I mean, you could have done Chubby Bunny. You could have done, yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Big Bunny. Mm. Big Bunny. A little bit dry. Mm -hmm. In 1971, Playboy Enterprises bought the infamous Playboy Mansion in L.A. for a million dollars. And as it officially belonged, belonged to the company, Hef had to pay $100 a year to live there. So it wasn't Jeez. actually his, but it was his company's right, right, right. loopholes. By now, the magazine sold 7 million issues each month, and Jeez. Playboy owned 23 resorts, hotels, and casinos. What year was this? 1971. Jeez. I know, right? That's a lot. Playboy clubs had more than 900,000 members, all told. And for the first time, Playboy faced competition from the newly founded Hustler and Penthouse magazines. Mm-hmm. So, that 1971. So, I'll just go through the rest of our timeline kind of quickly. So, 1972 was the year when the first fully nude model was featured in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Before that, obviously scantily closed, but not full-on naked. 1988, Hef named his daughter Christy as the chair and CEO of Playboy Enterprises, but Hef kept his role as editor-in-chief and continued to choose the Playmate of the Month. 1989, Hef, age 63, married Playmate Kimberly Conrad, age 27, and together they had two sons, Marston and Cooper. Mm. 1998, he separated from Kimberly. She and their two sons moved next door to the Playboy Mansion. Huh. Keep it all close. Keep it all close, yeah. In 2005, Hef began starring on a TV show called The Girls Next Door, which followed him and his six girlfriends for six seasons. I I, I remember. Did you watch it? A little bit here and there. I I I didn't remember it. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he definitely had a type. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he, they all looked pretty much the same. Yeah. You know. Bucks of blondes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can um, find those pictures everywhere now on the internet yeah. of him and those girls. So. And I can't remember, like, I think it was, you know, it's reality TV, so mm. it's just like, this playmate is gonna, is starting this business, or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. were doing it. There wasn't, I don't remember Hef being in it a whole lot. It was more gotcha. about the, the, the girls. girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, it lasted six seasons, so huh. somebody was watching somebody it. Somebody was watching it. 
2010, he won the world record for the longest running editor of a magazine. Mm-hmm. 2012, he married 26-year-old Crystal Harris, which is one of the six girls from the TV show. Okay. I guess she kind of like won. It almost feels like it was ba- The Bachelor. You know, right. Like there's these six women and... Well, it seemed like they they were competing yeah. for his attention. Gotcha. And, and there definitely was a hierarchy. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Miss Crystal won. She won. So, okay. Or... If you might say one, you might say lost. Right. I don't know, but she's the one who married him. In 2016, the Playboy Mansion sold for $100 million with the condition that Hef could live there for a million dollars a year until he died. Mm-hmm. He died a year later, in 2017, mm-hmm. at the Playboy Mansion. And he was buried in a crypt next to Marilyn Monroe. Oh. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Because, but he had the money. Yeah. And after, you know, at some point he bought the crypt next to her, knowing full well that when he died, that's where he'd be. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. He's like, well, you know, you probably thought he seemed to really relish in fame. Yeah. And he was obviously very smart. He was very a genius so. level and he was hardworking and all that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, you know what? People go see Marilyn Monroe's yeah. tomb all the time. They're going to see mine at the same time. Exactly. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just... Oh, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. So now that we covered the history of Hugh Hefner and the Playboy brand, from the magazine to the TV shows to the clubs, mm-hmm. let's talk about why Playboy is considered to have been instrumental in changing the whole conversation about men and women and sex, mm-hmm. among other things. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the Playmates. So while critics accuse the magazine of exploiting women, not everyone agrees with that. Mm-hmm. Hef looked at women as powerful. The models in the magazines were often college students and aspiring actresses who were paid well. Mm -hmm. They were not just presented as sex objects. The photos were tasteful. The layouts also showed them in their daily lives, working, exercising, keeping house, Mm -hmm. with a bio. And those women who worked in the clubs and for the magazine were provided tuition reimbursement. Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe a little bit groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. You know, because they're women. Right. God forbid they go to college and yet tuition reimbursement. Yeah, yeah. It may be said that women were finally empowered in a way that the idea that women liked sex too, the magazine normalized female sexuality. It Mm -hmm. celebrated female beauty. Hugh Hefner once said, quote, Playboy exploits women like Sports Illustrated exploits exploits sports. Okay. Well. Hugh Hefner also is quoted as saying, the 1950s notion was find the right girl, get married, move to the suburbs, and then hang out with the guys while she stays home with the babies. I felt that was sort of sad. Mm-hmm. That's what Hugh had to say. Mm-hmm. But... Playboy, which did claim to be entertainment for men, was not just a bunch of pictures of beautiful women. There was so much more to it. Mm -hmm. In the 50s and 60s, men were expected to be manly, to earn a good income, to support his family, to be outdoorsy. But Playboy shattered that ideal. The magazine featured articles on fashion, food, fine alcohol, art, travel, literature, all aimed at men. Mm -hmm. Just kind of a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, for young men in Vietnam, Playboy not only supplied pinup posters for their enjoyment, it also brought a sense of home to the young guys 
who were mostly away from home for the first time. Mm -hmm. It even served as somewhat of a how-to guide, discussing financial strategies and giving solid life advice. The magazine was very supportive of the troops and boosted morale. Mm -hmm. Playboy shattered the racial divides. In 1961, Hugh Hefner bought back two of his franchised clubs when he learned that black patrons were being banned. Mm. Good for him. He said, We believe in the acceptance of all persons in all aspects of life on the basis of individual merit and without regard to race, color, or religion. I love you. Uh, Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The staff at the magazine and clubs was made up of men and women of various races, a very rare find at that time. Black artists performed at the clubs, and in September of 1962, there was the first Playboy interview, which was of Miles Davis. Mm. Later interviews included Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, Steve Jobs, John Lennon, Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. which obviously they're not black, but I thought but, I'd throw that yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, this floored me. So, Alex Haley, who's the author of Roots, okay, he actually, for Playboy magazine, he interviewed George, Link- George Lincoln Rockwell, the founder of the American Nazi Party. Oh, wow. He interviewed him in 1966. <clears throat> and to... I didn't write it all down, but, you know, he gets there. George clearly was not expecting a black man, first of all. Uh-huh. And when Alex walked in, George basically said, I don't usually deal with your kind. <laughs> and he said <laughs> some words that we don't say. Yeah. And Alex said, I've been called worse and I wasn't even getting paid for it. So let's just do the interview. Good for him. I know. Right. So, crazy. <clears throat> it is crazy, mm-hmm. but it's, you know. Yep. Hef was all about opening channels of communication. He welcomed the views of those who criticized his ideas and methods. In fact, he had special discounts on subscriptions for priests and other church officials as he encouraged healthy debate. Mm-hmm. A feature called the Playboy Forum was created as a space to publish readers' letters. Yes. Letters from men, women, draft dodgers, vets, politicians, and clergymen were printed. For those readers who wrote in for advice, Playboy writers responded by encouraging mutual respect and dignity in relationships. It discouraged infidelity. Women's sexual needs were validated. And men were advised to take responsibility for pregnancies. Good. Right. Yep. Playboy Enterprises also established the Playboy Foundation, which raised funds for various causes, such as combating censorship and renovating and repairing the Hollywood sign, among other things. (laughs) But I think the most impactful part on our culture was the Playboy philosophy, which stressed complete personal freedom for all, in all things, including sex. They preached hedonism, the theory that personal pleasure is the ultimate good and proper aim in life. As early as the 1960s, Hef started writing a column that appeared in most issues of Playboy called the Playboy Philosophy Column, which advocated for gay rights, civil rights, freedom of speech, decreased censorship, sexual freedom, including birth control and legal abortions. In 1979, his daughter Christy established the First Amendment Award 
for those who contribute to protecting the public's right to free speech, free religion, and freedom of ideas. Hmm. Journalists, educators, book publishers, those who work in law or government, theater, and various arts, usually those whose work is not well known have been recipients of the award, mm-hmm. including Bill Mayer, okay. Penance Heller, oh. and Cecile Richards. Get on it, the Cecile! CEO of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to read about the. These are four recent winners of the Hugh Hefner First Amendment Award. Okay. So Chris, this is uh, this is a pair, Christina Clouseau and Shaul Schwartz. Um, they are documentary filmmakers. They won for their successful battle to overcome the U.S. government's attempts at censoring their film *Immigration Nation* and delaying its release until after the November presidential election. Huh. So you go. Yeah. Right. Andrea L. Dennis and Eric Nielsen, who are authors. And they won for their book, Rap on Trial, Race, Lyrics, and Guilt in America, a groundbreaking expose about the alarming use of rap lyrics as criminal evidence to convict and incarcerated young men of color. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. Omar Jimenez, a journalist and CNN correspondent, he won for representing the power of consummate professionalism during his on-camera arrest while covering the George Floyd protests in Minnesota. Wow. Mm-hmm. Christian Bales, who was the 2018 valedictorian of Holy Cross High School and an openly gay and gender non-conforming student, they won for creatively and inspirationally expressing their free speech rights in delivering their valedictory speech with a bullhorn following the commencement ceremony after the school tried to suppress it by refusing to let them speak during graduation. Mm. So, you know, something like that happened not too long ago, did you see? (laughs) Regarding the Florida um, ban on saying, like, you can't say the word gay in the schools, right? Well, the I think it was the valedictorian and not the salutatorian, but the valedictorian, I believe, instead took his speech and instead of saying gay, said curly hair. Get out of here. And he had curly hair. He has curly hair. Okay. And it's an incredible speech. Oh, I've got it. And it has really um, fired people up on both sides of of how they feel about it. Like people that think that his diploma should get taken away. I'm like, but he didn't break any rules. Right. You know what I mean? Why, Why not? It's like people who use Smurf for a bad word. Right. Yeah. Smurf it. Smurfing. Smurf it. Smurfing government. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Oh, yeah. So that kind of reminded me of that. That just just happened. Um, People so, yeah. are so brave. They are. You know, you really have to be mm-hmm. brave to do those kinds of things. Yeah. So they deserve all the rewards. Mm-hmm. Awards. In 2012, Hef wrote an article titled Sexual Freedom, which advocated for the legalization of gay marriage. Mm-hmm. A little ahead of his time. So while I can't say that Hugh Hefner was perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and while some very knowledgeable, respectful people could probably make a case that he's evil and horrible, I think we can at least argue that he did some things right. Mm -hmm. He was way ahead of his time, as far as I'm concerned, to have the courage to stand up against racism, to speak out for what you believe in. It's just, it's rare. 
and some could say that he liberated women and empowered them. Here are two quotes from Hugh Hefner that I thought were worth sharing. Okay. In 1974, he said, Well, if we hadn't had the Wright brothers, there would still be airplanes. If we hadn't, if there hadn't been an Edison, there would still be electric lights. And if there hadn't been a Hefner, we'd still have sex. But maybe we wouldn't be enjoying it as much. So the world would be a little poorer. Genius. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's, what he's saying is eventually somebody would have thought of all this, but we wouldn't be where we are today. Exactly. And I just, in a nutshell, one of his... You did. Yes, you did. You just shortened it down. Just shortened that down. That's weird. In 1992, when he was asked what he was most proud of, have said that I changed attitudes towards sex, that nice people can live together now, that I decontaminated the notion of premarital sex. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. While it was kind of a running joke that most men only read Playboy for the articles... There's a lot of praise for the high-quality fiction and awesome articles in the magazine out there. Well-known authors like Margaret Atwood, and okay. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, who wrote Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay. Vladimir Nabokov, who wrote Lolita, and many, many more. So, the magazine, besides the fact that it was just a running joke... They, it actually did have good. It articles. actually did have good. Oh yeah. yeah, I felt that you know when people would joke about that. I've I've read articles in the the forum and stuff like that. And I'm just like it's there's a lot of really interesting stuff in it. I would love to be able to see like some of those interviews of like Martin Luther King. Oh Jr. yeah, and I just that'll be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the magazine is no longer a published magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's online. They went. I believe it was from 2015 to 2017, they actually announced that they would not be having any nudity anymore mm-hmm. because you could find nudity everywhere on the internet. Right. It's not so much a, a thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so they just felt like, you know, we'll just stick to our good articles, our literature, you know, our advice columns, etc. Mm-hmm. But then there was a lot of uproar from people who liked Playboy and liked the nudity part too mm-hmm. and so then they went back to the nudity um, and then you know not too long ago they just stopped publishing altogether and they only are they're strictly on online now. yeah yeah so, mm. kind of say it again you know, yeah it's kind of like newspapers magazines there's less and less all the time mm-hmm. so it's time for your quiz oh goodness all right so the question is have the following posed for Playboy. Okay. You're going to give me a list? Exactly. Or I'm going to say yes or no to each You're person? Say yes or no. Okay. And they may have posed either for a cover mm-hmm. or for um, like a, a pictorial. Okay. So like... So they don't they they they, nece- they weren't necessarily like playmate of the month right. in this magazine. Yes, they just they specifically posed for Playboy. Okay. Okay. All right. Halsey. No. Yes. She has? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Yes. Yes. Rihanna. Yes. No. Damn it. <laughs> she has not. Jennifer Aniston. No. That's correct. She has not. Uh-huh. Madonna. Yes. Of course. Nancy Reagan. 
Oh. <laughs> so a pictorial, does it have to be a nude pictorial? Or at least um, sexy, scantily clad. I'm going to say no. You're right, but her daughter Patty did. Okay, okay. Okay. Sharon Stone? Yes. Yes. Marge Simpson? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I knew that. Katy Perry? No. Correct. Robin Williams? God, I hope so. Let's say yes. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cindy Crawford? No. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Wait, did I know that? You, I don't know. If you I don't that know. I don't know. Okay. Donald Trump. Ugh. I know. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. He was on the cover. Mm-hmm. Victoria Beckham. No. Correct. Naomi Campbell. Yes. Yes. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes. No. Oh, <laughs> really? Correct. She okay. has never. Okay. Pamela Anderson. Yes. She is actually the most, she's actually the model who appears on the most Playboy covers at 14. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I'm not surprised by that. Right. No, yeah, not at all. Not at all. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. Yes. Nope. Damn it. Nope. Mariah Carey. Yes. Yes. Nikki Six. Yes. Yes. Cecile Richards. No. Correct. Okay. But she did do a really, they interviewed her. Right, right, right. Uh, Uma Thurman. No. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Dolly Parton. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yes. Yes. Correct. Jay Wow. Yes. No. Really? Nope. Never did. I keep saying really for each one. <laughs> uh, Brooke Shields. Yes. Yes. And you're never surprised people did. You're only surprised people didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. no, she never did. You're like, really? And I'm like, right, right, yeah, right. she did. And, oh, really? Okay. okay. Um, what did I just say? Brooke Shields? Brooke Shields. Tanya Harding. Yes. She did not. Oh, good. Mm-mm. Steve Martin. Yes. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> yes, he did. On the cover. Yeah. Gene Simmons. Yes. Correct. Did you already know that? Like, I did know okay. that Gene Simmons was on the cover. I wasn't sure if he had any yeah. pictures um, in there. Octomom, Nadia Solman. Uh, yeah. No. She, okay, good. Yeah. She, I, she did a lot of things for money, but that's yes, not Yes, yeah, yeah. I was I trying she, to... She probably tried. and Maybe that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vanna White. No. Yes, she did. Did she? Oh, yeah. In the buff. Yes. Uh, Bruno Mars. No. Yes. Okay. He was on a cover. All right. Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Stephen King. Yes. Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. I wasn't sure. Goldie Hawn. Yes. Yes, she did. Sally Field. Yes. Yes, she did, which surprised me. Uh-huh. Uh, Sharon Tate. Yes. She sure did. Yes. And Kylie Jenner. No. Yes, she did. Did she? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. So, obviously, it's not that old of a magazine because... Well, that's what... It, the Some of them, I'm Halsey. just thinking, like, that's that's really, honestly, what it did with, for Halsey for me was, like, okay, how long has she been... You know what I mean? And how More long has it been? Apparently. I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. And the one I didn't ask you about, because it was kind of a cheat, was 
Britney Spears mm-hmm. because there's all kinds of stuff that I'll tell you. Like she, you know, she never posed. You know, whether mm-hmm. I think there's a lot about Hef wanting her to. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh my god, as soon as she's of age, right, gross old man, right. As soon as she's old enough, I want her in my magazine. And then she just kept saying, no, no, no. She is actually in a Playboy magazine, but it's a Japanese version. Oh, okay. So apparently there's Playboy magazines in all the different countries. Well, it's banned in a lot of countries. Oh, okay. More. But then there's other countries who have kind of like their own version of Playboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still Playboy magazine. It's just more relative to their culture and their what's going on in that country kind of a thing. Because why do they want to hear about... How to spend your money in the United States if you don't live in the United States. Right, or Whatever right, the case right. might yeah. be. Um, and so, Brittany has posed not naked. She was in her little schoolgirl outfit. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was in the Japanese. Oh, okay. All right. So, I don't know if that means technically she has or technically or she hasn't. Or technically she hasn't. Right. Well, not, but. I um, remember being at a friend's house and it, and it was her dad's. There you go. And we looked through, we looked through it. But I remember just Paige, I've always liked looking at them. I just think that they, the articles are good. Right. The photography is really good. And then back then, you know, I, I very glamour shot looking, mm-hmm. centerfold, mm-hmm. the soft, you know, the soft effect that they put on them. Yeah. They are always had pearl necklaces on and stuff. Like literal pearl necklaces? Like, okay. <laughs> like actual pearl necklaces. Okay, I got you, I got you. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. And then the aquanet hair, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Yeah. But, um, but I remember, then I remember coming across another type of magazine. Uh-oh. Are we allowed to name other magazines? Sure, why not? A hustler. Yes. Um, and it being similar, but but much more risque. Gotcha. And that was, I don't, gosh, I want to say a friend's aunt and uncle's house that they were cleaning out. Mm-hmm. And he had like a collection. Like, I don't even know that the people whose house it belonged to were alive anymore. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. It was kind of like cleaning out. It was... And you had a whole box of them. And looking through and thinking, whoa, this is so different. Right. Than what was before. And Right. Yeah. And then I also remember, and I honestly don't think it was my dad, but I can't remember who it was. I remember the fact, I, I guess I just remember the fact that when Playboy magazines would come in the mail, they would be in a black. Yes. Not even an envelope, but like uh-huh. a black pouch. Yeah. So yeah. you couldn't see uh-huh. the cover or anything. Do you remember the movie Billy Madison? Well, he... I know of the movie. Yeah. So he's one that uh, was just a spoiled rich kid. Mm -hmm. And and his dad finally goes, listen, I'm not going to leave the company to you because you clearly are just too immature. So I'm going to leave the company to this guy. And then... Or to these guys or whatever. And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, no. So he goes back to school. It's the one where he goes back to school. (laughs) But there was... uh, it shows him walking to the mailbox, but he has to go through the gate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because it's a big mansion. Sure. And he's like, he grabs the uh, the mail out and he goes, nudie magazine oh, day. Nudie <laughs> magazine <laughs> day. So I just remember it was always such a, a big thing. A that big deal because it was. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
That makes sense. People get obsessed with it. Or they get obsessed with, well, I thought this was what women looked like. Right. And now I see a real woman in real life right. naked for the first time. They're like... Uh, yeah, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with the people who felt that, you know, oh, this magazine is just exploiting women. I think there were... I don't know if it's the same people who said that or if it was a whole different group of people, but there's definitely the group of people who said men are going to expect that every woman looks Right, like right, that. right, right. So, you know, if you're heavy, if you're short, if you're not exactly symmetrical right, or right. proportioned correctly, or if uh-huh. you're pregnant, if you just had a baby, you know, like right. all Stretch these marks or anything. normal life right. things and men are going to be like, you know. We're going to have a different standard now because the women that they're seeing in the Playboy magazine are, quote unquote, perfect. Right. You know, they're a certain build and a certain look. And like you said, you've got the lights and you've got the... Mm -hmm. I I don't wonder if they had like airbrush and Photoshop. They had to have had something, right, something to make the... Editing. Yeah, editing to make the the photos look the way they did sometimes. All right, well, that's all I got for you today. All right, I'm going to go find me a Playboy magazine. Read some Read some stories. Yeah. All right. All right. We're out then. Later, later. Take care. Mm -mm.